Welcome to the Noon at Northside podcast with your host, Pastor Stephanie. Well, welcome back, everybody. So we are now officially into the month of September. And with the start of a new month, that also means we have the start of a brand new topic. And I am super excited for this month's topic. So for the month of September, we're going to be talking about intergenerational faith. And although that sounds like a topic you might be very familiar with, or that you think you might understand, I want to just clarify, like, intergenerational faith is something we should be talking about all the time. No matter how much people know about it, no matter how, like, well-versed you are in this topic, this is a topic to constantly talk about because it is just so important. And I'm so excited about this conversation, about this particular topic, because you might not be aware of this, but when I graduated from Olivet Nazarene University um, back in 2019 with my bachelor's degree in Christian education, I immediately followed that and got my master's from Olivet Nazarene University. And I actually got my master's degree in family ministry, which is a fancy term about how, as a minister, as someone who is called to the ministry, you know, what all do we need to know in order to focus on intergenerational faith? So for my you know, master's degree, I took a lot of classes on how to understand the, you know, the mindset of all different generations, Um, the developmental stages of children, of adolescents, how that carries over into adulthood, um, the history of the church and how, you know, older generations, you know, varied from ours. I studied basically intergenerational faith for two years and I love it. (laughs) I love talking about this topic and I'm super excited to be able to, you know, just bring you guys a little bit about, you know, what this topic is, why it's so important and why, or more importantly, how it fits in with all the topics we've talked about this year. You know, we did, we do this podcast, as you well know, to help us understand and help us learn how to build bridges, how to cross gaps, cross divides, and build bridges so that no matter how old we are, no matter what gender we are, no matter what race we are, no matter what our personal beliefs are, no matter where we come from or who we are, we can come together as the body of Christ. And intergenerational faith is a huge part of that because it is intentional about crossing those divides. Now, this is a topic that specifically is about crossing the divides of age. We're talking about crossing generations, which has with it, you know, a multitude of different divides in it. You know, so many of the huge hot topic divides we have currently, you know, affecting, you know, our nation, affecting the world, affecting the church, does have to do with how different generations view things. You know, I, I was the first to admit, you know, I'm a different generation than my parents. And so we frequently get a little frustrated with each other when one says something and 
the other one doesn't agree with it because we're from two different generations. And we could be the type of people who just, you know, leave it as I believe one way, you believe the other way, and we're just going to go our separate ways. But the truth is, me and my parents, you know, we're very good at having conversations about, you know, it's okay that we come from different generations. It's okay that we maybe see things a little differently. But as long as we take the time to understand the other person's perspective, whether we agree with it or not, we are being intentional about crossing divides. We're being intentional about learning and growing based off of a different generation. Let me let me dive deep into a little bit about intergenerational faith. Intergenerational faith does not mean that we just bring all ages together for an activity. Even though that's a part of it, you know, we ha- sometimes we do activities or discipleship opportunities. We do things that we say, okay, this is a, an all-church event. You know, it's fun for the whole family. You know, it's we've got stuff for kids. We've got stuff for teens. We've got stuff for adults. We have stuff for seniors. It doesn't matter. You can come and interact and have fun. But that is not all that intergenerational faith is. Intergenerational faith is not just another activity. It is about being intentional, about learning from other generations and growing within your own to become a more spiritually formed person, a better person, a better disciple, and a more devoted Christ follower because it doesn't matter what your age is you can and you should learn from other generations you can be 90 years old and you definitely still have something to learn from a five-year-old you can be seven and learn from a 13 year old you can be 16 and learn from a 30 year old and you can be 30 who learns from a 16 year old it does not matter because faith Faith isn't an individualistic thing. It's not something that you can isolate as just belonging to your generation or to another generation. And it's not good enough to say, well, this is how I, you know, believe, or this is how I was raised, or this is what my generation thinks like, because you can always learn from other people, learn from other generations. You can change your outlook, your mindset to intentionally be intergenerational. I want to explain something that might give you a little bit of a visual aid on what intergenerational faith is. In all of my studies at Olivet, we, you know, brought up different kind of you know, diagrams that would help explain, you know, how different generations interact. And although, to be honest, at this moment, I can't remember all of their, you know, names, there are different ones that different church churches use. There are different models that churches use for their, you know, different activities for the different generations. You know, there's one that's basically a circle. And in this one circle, you cram everything into it. And this is the model that people use when they are focusing on an activity that is quote unquote intergenerational, where they do their worship, their service, their activities, their lessons, their everything you can think of is all all people all together all the time. 
And this is a model, you know, that let's just specifically talk about the church in the Nazarene that certain churches use when they're smaller because there aren't enough to separate generations. You might only have five kids and they might all belong to one family. You know, it doesn't necessarily always make sense to separate those kids if you only have a couple of them to do a children's focused worship or service or even discipleship opportunity when they could be with their families and learn by watching their parents, watching their grandparents, watching other families and interacting with their lead pastor. Same with, you know, any kind of generation. If you're a smaller church, it does kind of make sense to just bring everybody together and you don't have to, you know, spend the time and resources on multiple different types of discipleship for multiple different generations. In that case, that makes sense. But it doesn't necessarily make sense for someone or a church like Northside, where we have a lot more people, when we're average and slightly above average size for a church in the Nazarene. It makes more sense for us to focus on different generations. And this is where we have what's referred to as a one-eared Mickey Mouse. I actually remember the name of that one. Although one-eared Mickey Mouse doesn't fully give you the, you know, visual aid. What this is, is it's a circle completely surrounded by smaller circles that are connected like Mickey Mouse's ears. And the idea of this is, is you have your, in the middle, your large circle, you have your church. And in that circle, you do all the things that you would have everyone come together for. So maybe you're the type of church that brings everybody together for the first like 15 minutes of a worship service and then you separate out. Or maybe you come together like Wednesday night and then go to your separate age classes or something of that nature. And then when you separate, you go into your designated smaller outside circle like in the ears of Mickey Mouse, where you have your teens in one ear, your kids in another ear. Maybe you have men in meeting together just with other men or women just with other women in a women's kind of ministry. Or perhaps you have a nursery, perhaps you have a seniors thing, kind of like how Northside has Oasis. And you would put all of these different individual generations or individual groupings you know, along the outside, and you designate in those circles the things that are just meant for that group or that generation, if we're, that's what we're talking about. So if you've got your kids' ministry, you've got in your kids' mini circle just things in which kids go to. So like at Northside, you know, you have that where you've got youth junior, you've got kids' worship, you've got kids' quizzing, you've got kids' Wednesday night classes, stuff like that. And that works to a point, Or it does explain, you know, the idea of having certain things are for everybody and certain things are for individual generations. But I want to give you a a little bit of a better visual aid that better uh, helps us understand why intergenerational faith is so important. Because if you take the one-eared Mickey Mouse model and you look at that, those are things are still separated from each other. And there isn't really anything intergenerational because the idea of intergenerational is that whether you are together 
or not, you can learn from other generations. You can still be yourself, your generation. The kids can still meet with the kids. The teens can still meet with the teens, the adults with the adults. But you're still crossing boundaries. You're still able to influence other generations because faith is communicated and the meaning of faith is developed by learning from other generations, by crossing divides, not necessarily just doing things together, but learning from them, watching them, observing them, still having your own, you know, age-appropriate discipleship because there are times when discipleship needs to be for you and your generation. It needs to be tailor-made for you and people of the same mindset as you generation-wise. But faith is not just about separating ourselves out. And so a better way to look at that model is not as circles, but but as gears. This is a model I actually came up with in my master's program with uh, one of my professors. And the idea here is that instead of just being a plain circle, you are gears that actually interlock with other generations. And so even as you're doing your own thing with your generation, as you're moving, so is everybody else. You're influencing other generations by what you're doing, by what you're learning. And they, in turn, are influencing someone else. And they're influencing someone else. And as they move, you're also moving. You're interconnected with you know, being intergenerational and still maintaining a sense of identity in who you are and what generation you come from. And that's, you know, part of the reason we do this podcast is because nowhere when we talk about learning from other generations do we say you have to accept everything about another generation. Learning from a generation, growing from a generation, does not mean giving up everything you've ever known to accept you, you know, what another generation is saying. It's saying that I acknowledge what you're saying. I've taken it into consideration. I've done the studies and I've adapted my viewpoint to bring in perhaps what you're saying might be correct, to bring in those right things, but not so much the wrong things. You know, I can learn from people who are an older generation than me without slipping into this idea that everything they've ever said is correct. Because the truth is, no generation has the right answers. My generation certainly doesn't have the right answers. The older generation certainly doesn't have the right uh, right answers. The generation that is younger than me and who hasn't even been born yet will not have the right answers. We have bits and pieces correct because we're all still figuring life out. No matter how old we are, no matter how young we are, no matter how much experience we have. We're doing this together and that's the the purpose. Not to just cut ourselves off from other generations, but to interact with each other in a way that's meaningful. So to picture it like gears is a very, very helpful tool to actually help us, you know, understand and learn and grow. You know, the idea across the entire world, across all cultures, is that the continuity of culture depends on us 
learning and interacting as different generations. You know, they say for a culture to continue through history, through the future, that there must be a living presence between at least three generations at all times. Anything less than that, and your culture won't survive. That's why, you know, even here in the church, we talk about what it means to grow young, what it means to focus on the young adult, on the child. Because, you know, as much as we hate to say it, so much of the church is still an older mindset, is still an older focus. And so many church are, churches are, quote unquote, dying because they choose to remain only in an older generation. And they never want to learn from a younger generation and incorporate a younger generation and involve a younger generation. And so their culture, our culture, is slowly slipping between our fingers because we're missing the point of intergenerational faith. The point being, we have to learn from each other just as much as we're passing on to other generations. The church cannot survive if we only focus on one person's perspective because that's not the way God intended this. That's not the reason God created the church. That's not the reason or the intention behind creation. God intended us to learn from each other, to grow with each other, to support each other. The Bible is written in a way that Although there are, you know, certain certain things that are 100% undeniable, unmovable, unshakable, and they are inerrant in everything, and those are things pertaining to salvation. But there are other details in the Bible that can be, you know, thought of differently, interpreted, interpreted differently. You can look back at what it meant then, and you can apply it to today in different ways. Because it's written by human beings and because God intended it to cross generations. God intended when he inspired people to write the books of the Bible, to write it in a way that even 2,000 years later, it still holds a purpose for our lives. We can still read it and we can still grasp new ideas from it. We can still learn things that we've never known about the Bible before. And we can take what we've learned and pass it on to other generations, older and younger. We can inspire new people. We can share with them and they can share with us. And that's how Christianity has survived 2,000 years. And that's how Christianity is going to survive another 2,000 years or until whenever Jesus decides to come. Christianity is not dying because we know the importance of intergenerational faith because we are starting, even slowly, to accept the fact that we have to cross divides, build bridges. We have to acknowledge the gifts of every generation being brought together because spiritual formation, the strengthening of the church does not happen unless Our gears are connected, moving together as one. No matter your generation, no matter your background, no matter who you are, you have to be connected to the rest of the church, to all other generations, to get moved, 
to be moved and to move. I mean, that's the whole point. There is no point to our faith unless it crosses these generational gaps, unless it builds bridges. Our faith doesn't mean anything if we keep it all to ourselves. That's not the way God intended this. That's not the way God designed creation. Even scripture itself, if you actually read the scripture, if you actually dive deep into understanding it, there is this underlying assumption that presumes that faith, faith formation, spiritual formation, discipleship is occurs within intergenerations. It is intergenerational by nature. Its foundation is intergenerational, familial, community. Everywhere you look in the Bible, it is about a strong community, a strong family. It is about crossing every divide, about crossing all generations. And it is not about just being together ever once in a while. Having a foundation in intergenerationality means that we are always looking through the lens of how does this affect all the other generations? How does what I'm learning affect them and how am I affected by them? When I read something in the scripture, my underlying thought has to be, okay, what have other generations said about the scripture? What have we learned from other generations about this? How can I teach this to another generation? Otherwise, what's the point in even studying it? If not to first ask yourself, what has other people said and how am I going to teach it? How am I going to learn from a generation and how am I going to teach a generation? Generational differences, the idea of intergenerational faith, is supposed to transcend all of this other stuff. We're not doing this just so we can acknowledge that there are different generations who have different thought processes, who have different mindsets, who are living in a different aspect of the world. Because we all know that the world we're living in now looks very, very different from 60 years ago, 50 years ago. 20 years ago, even five years ago, the world is constantly changing. And we're meant to not conform to the world, but we are meant to go with the world. Because the only reason way to impact the world is to understand how what we believe and how our faith affects the world we live in now. I can't keep my faith contained in a box that only works if we're living in the 1950s because it's 2022. My faith has to affect today just as much as it affected yesterday, just as much as it's going to affect tomorrow. It's supposed to transcend everything. Learning about our faith is meant to bring us together. And the only way to bring us together is if we actually intentionally come together, learning from each other, growing with each other because of each other. Spiritual formation doesn't happen unless we actually intentionally learn from other generations.
That's why focusing on, you know, the visual aid of the gear method is important. Everything we do as Christians, as the universal church, as Northside, has to first think and ask the question, to answer the question, how is what I'm doing going to be affected and going to affect everybody else? If you're listening as someone who works just with the Kingdom Kids, which is great, ask yourself, how does my work with the Kingdom Kids also impact the Illuminate Student Ministries, the Oasis Group, the Women's Ministry, the Men's Ministry, Adult Discipleship Ministries? If you're someone who works with the teens, ask yourself, how does this also affect the kids? How does this also affect the adults? How does this affect the seniors? If you're a senior whose only interaction with the body of Christ is through Oasis gatherings, ask yourself, how can I learn from these people how our kids are learning, how our teens are learning? Even if I don't interact with them on a physical basis, how can I interact with them How can I learn from them? How can they learn from me? Find a way to connect intergenerationally with everybody at the church. Not just one group, not just your own group, but everybody as the body of Christ, as this community of faith. Because we're not a community of faith if we don't come together, if we don't worship as one, serve as one, disciple as one, learn as one. That's all I've got for you guys today. So I'm really hoping that you guys were able to get something out of this. I hope, you know, I didn't go on a little preaching rant that was too much for you. I really hope that you, you know, are inspired by this podcast, inspired by what I said, inspired by all the other episodes to learn from me as a young adult, as one of the only young adults at Northside, that hopefully you could learn from me just as much as I'm learning from all of you. And as each one of our guests come every month who are of different generations than me, of different genders than me, of different backgrounds than me, that you can also learn from them, even if they're saying the exact same thing as me, or they're adding to, or if they're saying something different that you can take people from different generations and learn from them both. Hear their stories and grow. This month, we're going to have a very special guest speaker who's going to come and demonstrate for us how they interact with other generations. Um, We're going to have another episode in two weeks, and hopefully, if everything goes well, you'll also be watching a video that goes along with the next episode um, with as an example of how to interact with other generations, um, how to be intergenerational, how our faith can be intergenerational. So until then, I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope you will stay tuned and we'll see you guys next episode.